Hey, what's up, everybody? I am Gabriel Morency, and you are listening and watching to Yanks on Footy. That one, year number four. It's a Yank on the Footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 276 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio. I am thrilled that you're listening. In this episode, I'm going to be chatting with Gabe Morenci from SportsGrid TV and SportsGrid.com here in North America. I think you're going to really enjoy his take on the AFL. And uh, this is a man who is absolutely passionate about sport all over the world. Now, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget that if you're interested in having your local footy club get a shout-out during an upcoming episode, uh, reach out to me on all my socials. You can head to my website, yankonthefooty.com. You can find them there. I spend a good deal of time on Twitter, at yank underscore on. Would love to give your club a shout-out. Now, a couple things before we dive into the discussion. I recently posted a new uh, blog post. Um, To me, it was something rather humbling uh, as of... uh, the end of June, I, I had a goal at the end of 2022 that I, I wanted to reach a level in terms of the podcast, uh, in terms of the number of people who have hopefully tuned into it, downloaded episodes, listened to them, that type of thing. And I wasn't sure if it was attainable. I, was, I had a goal of reaching 50,000 downloads total uh, by the end of 2023. Well, I reached that a little bit earlier than anticipated. That happened at the end of June of this year. So about six months ahead of schedule, which uh, the way my summer has gone has been a bit surprising because I'm working, I think, more this summer than I do during my school year, during my regular job. Certainly feeling the effects of it, but uh, I I just cannot thank those of you who have listened to the podcast, who've checked it out, who shared it with your friends and family, who've told the the tale of this uh, Yank, one of many who loves the game and is so appreciative of the fact that you are sharing it with with people like myself. Um, I do hope you'll head over to my website, yankonthefooty.com, and check out that blog post. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Now, before we we dive in, um, while I was at work yesterday evening, uh, the story broke that uh, Stuart Dew had been uh, relieved of his duties as the senior coach with the Gold Coast Suns. You know, I, I kind of have mixed feelings about this because as many people who follow the game look at the Suns, you know, many want the club to be, they want to see the club be successful. But many also look at it as being uh, something akin to that Shelley Long, Tom Hanks movie from back in the 1980s, The Money Pit, where the comp has continually poured money into something and continually received diminishing, if any, results from that investment. Now, I'm, I'm not going to begrudge the efforts of, of trying to get a foothold uh, further in... Uh, in Queensland with, with, with football, um, along with, you know, Brisbane, of course, 
yes, they've not had the results uh, that, of course, everybody would want because they've not played finals yet. I tipped them to play finals this year. They still have a shot at playing finals this year. This is a club that has, you know, knocked off three clubs in the top eight right now. They beat the Cats. They beat the Bulldogs. They, well, the Crows dropped to nine, but last week they were still in the eight. You know, so they've had some, and they, uh, they beat the Tigers as well. Uh, you know, so this is not a... I don't know if this is a bad football team. I don't think it is because there are some extraordinarily talented players there. And I and I've said this in a recent episode of the podcast that if I was starting out a club and they said, "Okay, you get to you get to pick one group from different clubs to form your club." I said, "I you know, I, I would probably take the the Port Adelaide midfield at the moment because of what they're doing now and the potential of that group." I said, "But it's a good possibility that Gold Coasts would be right behind them." in terms of, you know, what I would want in my midfield. There is some talent on this side, and, and I I think they are on the precipice of playing finals. I tipped them to play finals this year, and hell, they could still play finals this year if you look at the way their, uh, their fixture plays out. Maybe this is the jolt that the, that the players needed. Maybe they'd become too comfortable. I'm in the process of, uh, with my wife, watching Ted Lasso, and we're down to the last uh, two or three episodes of the program. So, you know, I don't know if there's a... Again, I don't know Stuart Dew. I don't know... Only other than what I've seen him in interviews and discussions, and I don't know if... I don't think he has necessarily the, the folksy whimsical approach that a Ted Lasso would have, but he seems to be, seemed to have been a compassionate coach for this group of young players. And maybe what they need is somebody who is more of a, uh, a, a, a taskmaster to take them to that next level. So maybe he got to spend the last five and a half seasons as a caretaker coach getting this group ready to take that next step. So whoever comes in, and, and everybody's talking about it being Damian Hardwick. Uh, and you know, for somebody who lost the zeal or the zest to coach midseason this year to jump right back in again, well, I, I guess, okay, that could happen. But, you know, let's put another dark horse candidate out there. Could Kenny Hinckley find his way back to the Gold Coast? I mean, this is a guy without a contract. Now, I, I think Port might be at the point now where they're saying, okay, yeah, we do want to hang on to you because there's been that love-hate relationship between uh, the supporters and uh, Ken Hinckley's uh, time recently as, as the senior coach here because he'd not gotten them over the hump and gotten them to you know, a grand final and won a grand final. But Hinckley's got some options there. You know, this job is going to be open. Um, Port Adelaide, like I said, I think they want him back. I saw some rumblings online that, you know, there may be other people in play as well. And I don't want to go too far off the reservation with that. But, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. I was reading through some of the uh, things online that have been said about this. And, uh, you know, when you get that vote of confidence, and that happens in sports here in the United States as well, when the, the team president or the owner of the team, and again, you know, we, we have like individual, like, you know, billionaire owners of clubs here in in the NFL, NBA, that type, Major League Baseball and such, and they'll come out and they'll give that vote of confidence. And usually that is a a harbinger that that coach should probably not go buy any green bananas because they're not going to be in that position for long. 
And one one of the tweets that I saw that that really stuck out, and I, and I know he didn't win enough. I get that. Again, again they were building this side. Um, you know, you had, uh, and this is a uh, somebody called Moriera's Magic on Twitter, and they and they they did not mention Matt Rowell in this, but I think that they could have mentioned Rowell because Rowell was out for most of 2021, if I'm not mistaken. And part of 2022, but it said 2021, no whips. 2022, no king. 2023, no Tuke. Dude did not trade pick two for Weller or sign Brody and Bo on, on contracts that they were forced to trade early picks to get out of. A bit stiff on old Stewie. Now, you may be somebody who thinks that it's time for Stewart Dude to be shown the door. And like I said, maybe it was the right time. But... You know, you can't, you're not going to fire the entire board. You're not going to fire, you know, the rest of the front office uh, when it comes into uh, to making this kind of a change. You, you end up usually having that one figurehead who is ultimately the, the responsible person who ends up being the fall guy in this type of a situation. Now, I, I got to be honest, I'm kind of thrilled that the Jack Bowes thing worked out the way it did as a cat supporter, but it is... Uh, it is a little stiff on him because I don't think he necessarily was making that decision. So just some some interesting things there, you know. The uh, and again, when you get that full that full confidence of the board, and wasn't the leader of the board or the team president wasn't he on vacation when this is going on? And you'll have to let me know in the in the uh, in the comments or on Twitter or, or wherever. But is it something that happens often that during the season? that the people that are the leadership of the club leave the country to go on vacation. I mean, that just seems a little odd to me. I don't know. So, uh, today's club of the episode, folks, are the Thuringawa Bulldogs. And the Bulldogs were formed back in 1970 and have teams at every level of footy in Townsville. In 2022, every one of their teams played finals and three came away with premierships. This Saturday, the club hosts the Hermit Park Tigers at the Riverway Oval, and also on the 15th, they are hosting their trivia night, and they're encouraging their participants to dress as their favorite TV characters, lots of prizes, that sort of thing. When I was going through their uh, Facebook page and reading up on their Facebook page, it was, it, was, it was unique because it's something I hadn't seen before on a club's Facebook page, is that they were, they were asking little riddles and that sort of thing, like brain teasers and such on there. And almost like, not quite dad jokes, but along that same vein. And uh, just thought that was kind of interesting. But uh, the men's senior side currently sits at the top of the ladder with a record of 11 wins and zero losses. And they've got a percentage of, are you sitting down? Over 413. 413. I want to wish the Bulldogs the uh, the best of luck the rest of the way through 2023. But when you got a percentage of 413, do you need luck? Or do you just keep doing what you're doing because it seems to be working pretty well? So let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Gabe Morenci from SportsGrid. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy his insight. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my guest this episode is one of the leading minds in sport here in North America and around the world. He began his career back in January of 2002 in Montreal. He's the host of In Game Live and Sports Rage Late Night on SportsGrid TV and has what I think is one of the most distinctive voices in media. I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome Gabe Morenci to the podcast. Thanks for coming on, sir. 
It's our pleasure to be here. And uh, I guess what I, you say, distinctive voice. I have a distinctive voice in the same way that Lemmy from Motorhead had a distinctive voice. I don't well, know if uh, everybody loved it, but it was distinctive. Hey, I'm a big mo I'm a big Motorhead fan, so uh, much more Megadeth, but uh, I like my Motorhead as well. Yeah, well, nice yeah. to hear that you like heavy battle. <laughs> oh, ab absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you know, looking at your your history a little bit before we get into talking about footy, you know, you were you were a pretty fair hockey player yourself in your youth, but then you you had you kind of came to a, a crossroads where you had to decide on uh, music or hockey, and you became a, a pretty good musician as well. Yeah, I don't know if it was, it was, I think it was kind of decided uh, for me. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, in the sense that I was a pretty good hockey player, uh -huh. but I, I wasn't good enough to play in the National Hockey League. And, you know, I sort of, um, you know, like a lot of people, I had a wild, uh, wild childhood and teenage years. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if I would have taken a little bit more seriously at the time, maybe I would have been, uh, you know, my life would have been a lot different. But as I stated, I'm not one of these people that are sitting here saying coulda, shoulda, woulda, woulda right. been in the National Hockey League. Listen, man, I grew up in Montreal, which is essentially like playing high school football in, in Florida or, or Texas. Or, yes, exactly. Yes. Right? Yes. So, like, you know, like I was in the same – I played in the same tournament as Martin Brodeur did. Okay. And, and you know, when I, when I was about 15, 16, I started to realize, man, these guys are pretty good. Right? <laughs> I was stopping pucks pretty easily. Like, honestly, they look like – the game was in slow motion to me all the time. Most of my mm -hmm. life, it's like, man, this is really easy. Yeah, uh, this is like this sport is really easy. I was a goalie. I was like, man, I got no problem stopping anything. <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly, man, you know, I hit I hit that next level. I was like, whoa, these guys are a lot better on the other team. These pucks are coming in a lot hotter and faster. Yeah. Uh, right now, but it's funny how times have changed because when I played, this is like the 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 early '80s into the into the mid '80s type of deal in which I could have played NCAA hockey. And at the time, that was like deemed a massive failure. You remember, like, that's what made the miracle on ice so big, mm -hmm. right? College hockey players were kind of, it was like, dude, you're not good enough to play anywhere. So I don't know, go play for the University of Vermont or something. Have right, some right. education, but you're not good enough to play anywhere. So that's sort of what I, I was at that road, where it's like, basically, you can play NCAA hockey, which is all good, bro, except the fact that I sucked in school. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I was far from an academic. There you go. Yeah. State Lawrence University in Plattsburgh, New York. You know how hard that school is? It's like Stanford or something. Like, yeah. so it's like, whoa. Well, yeah. So long story short, I enjoy playing hockey. I grew up in, uh, you know, I was sort of a part, a musician, part hockey family. And I know I let my grandfather down not playing pro hockey, but, uh, that's how I sort of ended up in um, in sports talk radio after years in the music business. Mm -hmm. Always had sports in my blood, and I've been betting on sports since 1981 as well. So, what what drew you into the AFL? Because you know, as somebody from Montreal who's now in Vancouver, you know, it's it's not necessarily a natural progression. What got you interested in the AFL? Well, I got to be honest, our boy Mick Aussie, I think, was uh, at the forefront uh -huh. of this. Mick's been coming on my shows for nearly 20 years right, uh, right now. You know, we, this is our 21st year of doing this show, and he's been coming on, I don't know, probably for about 19 of them type of deal. We're probably moving in on 20 years. Also, um, like I said, I like to bet on sports, and, mm -hmm. you know, 
now everybody bats and all the content in the world is driven by so you know by by gaming and sports books but we've been doing this for a long time so we were kind of ahead of the curve and i'm an actual sport fan right so, right uh, you know i was up early this morning watching the uh the f1 practice right in in britain and with the british grand prix mm-hmm. i'm up overnight you know hell i'll bet on indonesian basketball <laughs> soccer like <laughs> And I don't, I used to be crazy and just sort of bet for the sake of it. And, you know, uh-huh. I'm up all night and I'm having fun with this stuff. And then I sort of stumbled into the AFL, um, knowing Mick and yeah. having Mick come on my show and talk about his Adelaide Crows all the time, um, piqued my interest. And as I stated, I've always enjoyed betting on it. I think it's a fun, I think it's a fun product. It's just, it's, it's a fun yeah. league. Yes, it is. And also, yeah. I find like it's, um, it's sort of like Pulp Fiction or Seinfeld in like the bizarro opposite world. So instead of like Burger King, it's Hungry Jacks. Yeah, yeah. And in the Philadelphia Eagles, it's the West Coast Eagles. But I've traveled a lot and I've been to Europe and I've been like, I've been a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And sports are sports. Like whether you're a Green Bay Packer fan or you're a Benfica soccer fan in Lisbon, Portugal, you're a sport fan. Right. And right. by nature, sports are all kind of the same. You score, you fight, you win, you get more points. And you know, to me, the AFL is just sort of a, it's like a cross of, it's almost like a good band. Mm-hmm. We talked about Motorhead and Megadeth. It's like, yeah. the AFL just takes all types of music, throws it into one, and it works somehow. You know what I mean? It's part like every sport, part demolition, roller derby, <laughs> you know, part football, part <laughs> yes. rugby. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's just part everything. Oh. And, and all kidding aside, too. I'm just a fan of the pace that they uh-huh. are. The yes, yes. Play. There's always something going on on the field in an AFL game. So, you know, I've having watched you many, many times. I know that you are first and foremost an Eagles supporter, and you're a little frustrated this year and last. But uh, you've kind of gotten on board with the Magpies as well this year. Um, who I don't know if you've watched, but they did uh, have a nice comeback win this morning. Um, but uh, are you? Are yeah, you, I'm not a bandwagon, you... so I'm not a bandwagon jumper. Oh no, not the magpies are good, so I'm on my right, right. Uh, I'm a West Coast Eagle fan, mm-hmm. and I have been for a long time. And um, you know, I like their, I like their high paced, you know, high scoring. I like, you know, betting on them, and I don't. I think I sort of had a ton of success with them early. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I sort of started, you know, started watching them every week. Yeah, they're struggling right now, but sports is is a cycle. But as far as Collingwood is concerned, and also, I don't like betting against teams that I support and like. Mm-hmm. But at the same point in time, I don't like losing either. So, right, right. Been pretty successful this year. West Coast get murdered like every week. Last week they actually did, but you know, I mean, they're losing by 175 points and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. They're setting records. It so it's like, why fight it? Like, why fight it? Just make money on it, bet against them. But as I stated, you know, they they will cover every now and then. As far as the Magpies are concerned, I just, you know, I actually, if in real life, it's sort of like Michigan. I'm a big Michigan Wolverine fan, except, you know, I don't exactly fit in with the Stepford Wife crowd of Ann Arbor, bro. You know what I'm saying? Right. So if I was, but I love the football team, but I don't think the dean of Michigan University wants to hang out with me and watch the game. So similar with West Coast Eagles. You know, if I was actually like, if I grew up in Australia and stuff, mm-hmm. I, you know, I would probably be born to be a Magpie fan. <laughs> just because, you know, what I like about them is they're, 
they're like Raider fans, essentially. Yeah, I, like, I think you're right. Yeah. Just, you know, just that. You see, I watched a Sydney Collingwood game, and it was funny. The Sydney Swan fans, they all look like the Ken and Barbie movie that just came out. They all had perfect hair. They all had, like, beautiful, like, the red jackets and the official team <laughs> gear. And then they showed the Collingwood side. And it was just, like, from, like, 12-year-old kids telling the ref, giving the finger <laughs> – like, you know what I mean? Big fat ladies with two beers in their hand telling everyone to go after themselves. Just the angriest crowd ever. And I was like, man, I got to sit with some Magpie fans. They look yeah, like they're going to party. It, it, it seems to be the way. And that comparison with the Raiders, I, I think, is is spot on. Although, I, I has, has Vegas adopted that persona yet? Or are they still the Raiders fans in Oakland who are still lamenting their club having gone? Uh, the Raiders sort of a transition. It's not, you know, you know Vegas is kind of, you know, a unique situation mm-hmm. because you're going to have so many visiting fans of every team, right? Right, right. Well, uh, Raider Nation will always be Raider Nation and they'll be who they are. Uh, but the Vegas, you know, that's one of the strengths of having a sports team in Vegas, actually, though, that you're always going to sell tickets because visiting fans are always going to want to go there. Well, that's true. Yeah. And it sounds like the A's are headed that way here soon. As yeah, well. unfortunately, so, yeah, yeah. You know, as far as and Formula One is as well, obviously. And I get the AFL; it's it's an Australian league, right? And they're mm-hmm. not they're not looking for American expansion here. But at the same point in time, I think they should start to branch out a little bit. We see the rugby sevens take North America over and fill stadiums up, and people love it. I have this. The one thing I would recommend to the AFL is. I would just sort of, you know, push my push my game a little bit more in the United States. It, it, this is the type of sport that if somebody sees it, especially Americans, like they oh, like yeah. pace, violent games and tackling. Like, you know, these guys aren't wearing equipment. Their personalities on the field. They're quick yes. pace. It's not like the NBA. There's not a lot of like bitch ass divas. Flip, you know what I mean? Right. Oh, right. I won't play for West Coast. I got to play for Collingwood. And like, no, they shut up and play. So I think like if it's one of these sports where you tell someone, telling you, bro, watch this game, you're yes, gonna like yes. it. And I, the next thing you know, you're hooked on it. I did a series of episodes earlier this year on why NFL fans would love the AFL. And I had Australian NFL fans and American footy fans. I also interviewed Darren Bennett, who punted with the Chargers for many years as well. And just it's if if the AFL can figure out how to get just one percent of North America's population interested in the game one percent that's ten percent of australia's population think about the money that would roll in for the league if they were able to do that well just from a merchandise as you stated yeah. like it wouldn't take much like even if you had a small percentage of americans buying their gear and listen there are i mean there's no doubt about it there are facts but ultimately <laughs> i think the big problem is as you see as you see the gear behind you, yeah i think the big <laughs> problem is one of the issues if the sport was on at like 10 at night mm-hmm. for like an ESPN or an FS1 or a CBS sports network. Right. Right. You know, I mean, we'll go, let's get some late night programming here. People are going to watch this, but let's be real. These games are coming on, man, at two in the morning, three in the morning, five in the morning. Right. In, in North America. So I don't think the timing works out. I think it's hard for them to get traction because quite frankly, yeah, you tell someone to watch the game. Yeah, they say, "Oh, great! When's it on?" Well, it's not on Sunday afternoon at two o'clock in the afternoon. Right, right. right. It's on Saturday yeah. night at three thirty, and that's another thing too. It's a fun sport to get drunk and watch too. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the the one thing that I you mentioned FS1, you know, 
they never advertise that the games are on. The games just show up on there. So it's if they just would put on, you know, even at like eight o'clock at night during other broadcasts and say, hey, you know, Collingwood's playing the Western Bulldogs at, you know, 5.50 tomorrow morning, set your DVR so you can watch it at 10 o'clock or in the morning or noon or whatever the case may be. It might garner some interest that way, but they've not even done that yet. You know, well, marketing, you know, that's that a lot of times the networks do have a lot of control Mm -hmm. over how successful the league is going to be. But, you know, it's this sport, the sport has an opportunity right now. You see soccer and people, well, you know, people were said 20 years ago, 30 years ago, soccer, and they still say it now, stupid idiots, but soccer will never be big in America. Well, they just sold 84,000 tickets at the Rose Bowl two nights ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Formula One is for Europeans. We like NASCAR here, right? Formula One. Well, who's who's taking Las Vegas over and charging $2,500 a ticket? Not NASCAR, Formula wow. One. Yeah. So where I'm going with this is American sports fans' palettes are getting a little bit more refined now. Right. It used to just be like, no, no, it's not American. I don't know it. No, no, I don't. I don't know. Then they tune it out. Mm-hmm. Now there's a big enough intelligent fan base out there. They're like, you know what? I want a little bit more than just NASCAR and watching them go round and round. I mean, what's this F1 about? Right. Look at soccer right, right now. Right. You know, it's like right, we're right. hosting the World Cup. So I'm not saying AFL footy's taking America over, but I do think that they're undersold. And it would, you know, I just think it's a great product that oh, should absolutely. be promoted in the U.S. a little bit more. And they should do, like, basically have the West Coast Eagles play the Sydney Swans in San Diego, California, and Los Angeles. Pick the right markets, mm-hmm. right? You know, play in New York, play in Chicago, play in L.A. L.A. would be great, and you know the Cali because a lot ton of Australians there. But also give a little dose of this in New York. I'm telling you, you'll be able to fill a stadium up. Oh, I think you, I, I think you absolutely could. Yeah. Um, so when when. And I know Mick's going to be on with you this evening and you, you, you guys always sit down and talk about the numbers and that sort of thing. And, you know, and wagering on the games, when, what do you look at when you're wagering on AFL? What, what are the things that you look at most closely now? Well, to be honest, you know, it's like all sports, they change. Mm-hmm. And the AFL has changed uh, over the years from a betting perspective in the sense that I think favorites used to win more. There used to be more, you know, I guess parody has arrived everywhere. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. And we've seen this year, I guess, you know, me personally, I used to do a lot of money line favorites and as they say, multis, uh, as they're called in Australia. But ultimately now, if you look this year and in the, in the past couple of years, I'd say actually since COVID, sort of coming out of this COVID era, there's a lot of close games. Yeah, and yeah. There's a lot of times where teams will be up by 20, 30, and they end up winning by nine at the end. So I've been looking, I bet a lot more underdogs than I ever have in the past. Like, you know, if I, if I have a reason to take West coast at plus 86 and a half, I'll try to talk myself into it more than laying 86 and a half. Yeah. Points. Well, it, yeah, you know, and I, and I had been talking to him, I talked to Mick last night for our preview episode, uh, you know, you know, he was discussing how the, the two of you have really touted Mason Cox over the years as being a great advocate for the game here in North America. I mean, it, it's, you know, I've, I've not had the chance to speak with him yet, but he just, I think he's been, a, you know, 60 Minutes did a great piece on him. But, you know, he's, a, he's I think he's a, a wonderful resource to, to help grow the game here if, if it, it could be utilized properly. 
well, it's fascinating that you have an American that's so successful mm -hmm. um, at a sport that he didn't play, right? So that's that's what's so impressive. And, you know, being a polarizing figure that he is, it had to be, a, you know, it's a unique situation for an American kid to move there and, and make, make a life for himself in this world. But he's done it so successfully. And, and you know, as you stated, you know, once again, it's a lot like F1. I mean, F1 has Logan Sargent right now, but they need – you know, it's like boxing, bro. Right? People say, oh, boxing's dead. Boxing ain't dead. There's just not an American star in boxing. Yeah. There's Mexican stars. There's Puerto Rican. You know what I mean? There's like, I don't know, Tyson Fury seems to be making hundreds of millions of dollars. So I don't <laughs> tell him he's dead, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Good point. Good point. Yeah, so, yeah. So, like, you know, as I stated, there's a bigger world out there. But at the same point in time, I think more people should know the Mason Mason Cox story. Mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. I said, I think the AFL, a good way of putting it is, it's like a kick-ass bar that people don't know about because they don't go into that neighborhood. And it's like, you know what? We tell people, go into, go to that bar one night. Do yourself mm -hmm. a favor. Go hang out at that bar. And you'll definitely go back. That makes that, that's, a, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. So, you know, you, you've seen, and we're going to hopefully get into a couple of these here, but you've seen some great events in person, but one that yeah, you weren't there in person, but uh, Buddy Franklin's thousandth goal, we're, we're, you know, just seeing what happened in that, the imagery of that, does that rank anywhere towards the top of your list of like, holy crap moments in terms of sport? Well, so one thing I like about Australian fans, and it sort of does have that hockey thing at the end of it, there's, there is a lot of respect. So when you see a player, you know, reach a, a milestone like that, and you see the respect that all fans uh, give, it's something I appreciate. You know, I talked about a couple of weeks ago. It was actually with the Mason Cox game. It was uh, it was a Magpie game. It was hostile. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a physical game and stuff. But this game seemed like I'm like, wow, these guys actually might fight for real. Like it seemed like someone's gonna throw a punch for real. And Cox was in the middle of it all. Everyone was going at him. He's running people over. And then at, right after the game, everybody sort of had a little mini laugh, smile. A couple of guys gave each other dirty looks but and a quick handshake. Yeah. But I enjoy the sportsmanship uh, of it as well. And as I stated, I like, you know, the accomplishments when, when you have special moments like that, like Buddy Franklin, and when everybody, everybody embraces it. And to me, too, like, let's not forget just – the overall athletic skill, the versatility of an AFL football player is very impressive. Right, right. And, yeah, like we would ask an NFL fan, like if you get frustrated if your kicker's missing extra points, these dudes are drilling balls through the uprights routinely, right? And basically yeah. everyone on the team can do it from, you know, from a long distance. 40, 50 accuracy, meters away. Yeah. Which is very, very impressive. After having, and it's not, just jogging it off the sidelines and making a kick. It's having, you know, sprinted into position, taking a mark, you know, collecting your thoughts for 10 or 15 seconds and then taking the kick there while you're still getting your breath and you're getting your wind back in you. So I, I, I do you think that they're the, that they are the, in terms of like, just from an athletic standpoint, are they, are they the best athletes in sport around the world? Um, I'm not going to say that. Okay. Well, I to say they're the best athletes. You know, that's that. You know, that's 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 a that's a loaded question. But no, I'm not going to say they're the best athletes. I'm not going to go that far. I think they're they're tough as hell. I think yeah. it's. I mean, I think they're skilled. <laughs> but that's no, I'm not going to say they're the greatest athletes. Uh, in the world. Like I said, that's you know, you want to get to the greatest athletes in the world. That's you know, 
it, they're all Olympian sports, really, right? Like, there's no real team sport where you're going to say, oh, those are the greatest athletes in the world, in my opinion. That's that's fair enough, for sure. But you want to talk yeah. about decathlon and stuff like that. That's, yeah, you know, yeah that's, athletes. that's a great point. That's dead. I didn't even think about the decathlon. That's a great point. Uh, you know, looking at some of the things that you have uh, – been involved with that you've seen because you know i i've i've looked at you know your social media and that sort of thing and seen you know you've talked about all the different events that you've been at have, have you of all the ones that you've gone to have you ever just stopped to think of yourself at one of them and gone holy crap i can't believe i'm actually here at this moment in time uh, you know i've been in the building you know for for championships stanley cups being um mm-hmm. being awarded like i said i'd like to go to a to a grand final that's something that I've never been to, actually. I don't think I would enjoy the 22 hours on the plane, but it's something, you know, that's something that is uh, on the bucket list. Mm-hmm. You know, when I look back, I'd say, you know, for now, I was at Fernando Valenzuela's no hitter in like 1991 or something. Okay. On Mexican Heritage Night, on like the second wind of his career. That's something that stands out to me a lot. But like I said, I've been in a lot, like I've been in a lot of sporting events. And I've had a lot of those, man, this is super cool type type of moments for sure. Yeah. Is there one that you had an opportunity to go to that you didn't go to and you, you have regretted it? Um, I've never seen the Dodgers win the world series in person. Okay. Okay. That's that bothers me actually. That okay. one, that one, you know, when I was young, listen, they don't win all the time the Dodgers, I, to be honest. I, so it's not like they win the world series every year or anything, but. I now at this stage of my life, I have more disposable and I have the means to see things more and, uh, or at least the willingness to do it. So long story short, if it wasn't the pandemic and they weren't playing and from a limited crowd in Texas and all that, and in the bubble and whatever that they did, that's kind of the regret. I would have saw the Dodgers win the World Series live a couple of years ago. There you go. My my only one, and it's not even sports, was I had the opportunity and I didn't I didn't go to see Ozzy with Randy Rhodes a few weeks before Rhodes was killed. I didn't get to it, and I regret to this day not having been able to get there. Yeah, that's brutal. <laughs> yeah, just that's one yeah. of those. Well, what are you, what are you, what are you gonna do? I remember Ozzy playing with Randy Rhodes too on that tour. Before he passed away, mm-hmm. I didn't. I think I was eleven. I liked. I remember. I was like, "Oh, Ozzy, I knew Black Sabbath and stuff." But I heard Ozzy. I was like, "Oh man, that's 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 awesome stuff." Crazy Train, and then boom, and it was right. I think Randy passed away literally like three weeks or something. So it was right around the same time. Right, Randy right. Passed away like literally a couple of weeks after they played in Montreal. To be honest, yeah, it was it was now. So you know, I. I wanted to spend before we wrap up, you know, cause I know you've got your show you're doing tonight as well. I, I'd reached out to you before um, and traded some messages with you because you had showed some frustration with the game of major league baseball in terms of what was going on with the sport. And you talked, you brought up the word parody a little while ago, right? You know, there've been a lot of rule changes and that type of thing that have come along. Are you, you know, because you you'd made some uh, some conversation that you were not really thrilled with the way baseball was going in terms of some of the rules that had come into play and such. And are are you are you happy with the way Major League Baseball is going this year? Well, you know what? Just because I don't like something doesn't mean that I'm right or well. But that we're all allowed to have opinions. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you know that more people aren't going to have a different opinion. Mm-hmm. So look, the fact of the matter is, 
television not listen tv numbers are kind of the same and you know attendance numbers are up i think about eight percent this year so it's a little bit but i wouldn't really attribute that to any rule changes i think it's because suddenly you have some teams that are good like people love baseball in cincinnati they've sucked forever suddenly people right. are going to reds games right yeah. so there's sort of these you know if the texas rangers are good the marlins are suddenly getting a few fans showing up so there's sort of like these little bumps i don't think it's because of the rule changes I don't like the modern, I don't want to get too carried away with the modernization of like, I don't want robot umps. I don't like the runner on second. The pitch clock, you know what? The flow of the game is actually good. So I can bitch all I want about it. Set a pitch clock. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not panicking about it anymore. I still think it's ridiculously stupid to put a runner on second base in extra innings. There's, you know, and I, I think it's stupid. You can't check the runner at first. I think it's stupid. You can't block the plate if you're a catcher. So yeah, you know, when you get me started, there's a lot or, of or the shift. stupid. But one thing that baseball does well is they don't have a salary cap. And that's actually the most American thing you can do, ultimately, in the end. Salary caps ultimately don't work, right? I mean, the Cleveland Browns, there wasn't a salary cap before in the NFL, they sucked. So salary cap now, they still suck. My Buffalo Bills have never won a Super Bowl with a salary cap, without a salary cap. It doesn't matter. And you look at what's going on in the NBA right now mm -hmm. in which everybody makes the same amount of money. So you have these little contracts, four years, $250 million. So if you know I'm going to get $250 million to play for a good team or I'm going to get $250 million to play for a bad team, what team are you going to choose to play for? So salary caps were meant to sort of equalize the playing field. Right. They really don't. So that's the good thing about baseball is if you want to spend money, spend money. If you don't want to spend money, don't spend money. But the thing is, if you look at baseball, Baltimore don't spend money. They're one of the best teams. Tampa Bay don't spend money. They're one of the best teams, right? The Mets well, spend a lot of money. They're one of the worst teams. And, so and the Mets have the highest payroll in the league. One good thing they have going for them. Yeah, the Mets have the highest payroll in the league this year too. I mean, that's the, that's the crazy thing about that is that what kind of return on their investment have they had? Um, but yeah, because I, I looked at there's their salary is bigger than combined the Nats, the Royals, the Reds, the Pirates, and the Orioles, which is just it's, well, that's, it's, you know, that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, you know, baseball that's the one good thing about baseball if you scout well and you have hungry players, you know, you can't like that's just the one thing that I'll defend baseball because I think a lot of people think that. Oh, baseball, only the rich cities win and stuff, which is a pile of crap. The Dodgers never win. The Yankees haven't won it forever. Toronto doesn't win. Chicago doesn't win. So it's actually the opposite. <laughs> All no. these big cities don't win. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. So so do you think that, that the NBA, the NFL should maybe do away with their salary caps? They won't because the salary caps are beneficial to the owners. Right. Well, yeah, so they're, yeah. They're, but but in, in, in a in – a, vacuum or if they could do that and and you know apply the same rules that the mlb has right now do you think it would work well no for... they'll never change and in fact eventually baseball will get to a salary cap they're just split on it some owners want it some owners don't um because think about it, if you're an owner that's willing to spend two 350 million dollars on on players like the mets are and something to right. make a salary cap of 200 million dollars He's not giving that $150 million to starving uh, children after. So the owner just <laughs> an extra $150 million. That, that's a, like, that's ultimately, a, that's, if you really want to get to the salary caps, right? So, like, owners like salary caps, 
And salary caps are good for, I'd say, like 80% of the players in every league, right? The only the only people that salary caps aren't really good for are actual, like, the pure star players who get capped out. Like, LeBron James is underpaid. I know no one's going to cry for him. But, like, by definition, the amount of money that he brings in and the amount of money that his peers make, LeBron should be making double what he makes. Like, LeBron makes 50 mil, he should be getting 100 mil. But he's only getting 50 because, oh, mm-hmm. Well, there's a cap. We can only pay you 50 million. Yeah, that's uh, and, and there's actually some some things that have been talked about in the AFL is that they've said that the, the club should be able to have like maybe one player, one player's salary exempt from their salary cap. There's been some discussion about that to maybe where they could they could overpay for that star player to come you know, to stay with their club and then have the salary cap applied to the rest of the players on the list on their yeah. in their, you know, yes. Will it change anything? I don't know. I, yeah, yeah, no, I don't either. One, I don't either. Yeah. Formula One has that imposed a, a cap restriction this year because Red Bull dominated so much, and Red Bull are dominating again, despite the fact there's a salary cap now. Okay, so before we wrap up here, you know, I had a couple uh, other that are not really sports related questions necessarily, but if you know you're you're in you're in Vancouver, you're you know the BC place is nearby. If you're a music fan, if you get the chance to put on a concert and you've got three bands coming to perform at the BC place. Who do you have coming to perform? Well, I'll tell you what, there's been a million bands that have played there actually recently. It's BC place has been rocking the last couple of summers, but um, well, the, you know, a lot of people I like are either old or dead <laughs> to be honest. Oh. So I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, Jimmy Hendrix spent a lot of time in Vancouver. Actually, mm-hmm. there's even like his, uh, his grandmother, he lived here. I know he's from Seattle, but he lived in Vancouver for a while. And his grandmother has like a restaurant and it's actually like a heritage site. So, okay. you know, speaking of the bucket list, I wish I've seen, I wish I would have seen Jimi Hendrix live. Okay. Okay. I, I was, when I was in the Navy, I was stationed on Whidbey Island, not too far away from where you are. Beautiful, yeah, in, uh, beautiful territory. Pacific Northwest yeah, is a beautiful, absolutely. beautiful country up there. Absolutely. Love, love going up to Victoria. Love that city up there. Yeah, I've uh, never been to Victoria, but uh, like I said, BC is beautiful as a whole. Yeah, yeah, it's a great, great boat ride over there. So, um, what's one thing that that people who watch you week in and week out that they don't know about you that they would kind of just go, "Hmm, that's really interesting." If if Gabe Morenci was to say, "Hey, this is something that's important to me," but maybe I've never shared this before on my show. I think the one thing I'll just say is uh, I'm a lot quieter in real life than I am. <laughs> I'm actually as crazy as I am in person, uh, but I talk so much on the air. I don't like to talk uh, when I'm off the air. Well, so, that, you know, my voice gets worn out eventually. I am that, on six hours a day. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, I've been a school teacher for 30 years. So you do a lot of talking. You don't necessarily want to do it when you're not working. I, I That makes complete sense then. Yeah. So, where can people find you and when can they find you on television? So they can six nights out. a week, six nights a week at midnight Eastern, uh, with the exceptions of Saturday night on Sirius XM channel 159. And uh, you can find all of our programming over at sportsgrid.com. We're on Amazon Prime, Roku, Sling, and every other major available app and, uh, and platform. And you can follow me on Twitter at SportsRage. Um, as I stated, but sportsgrid.com has the links to all of our shows. And follow me on Twitter at SportsRage. I post all my videos and links to all my shows. All right. Well, Gabe, I appreciate you taking time to sit down and chat with me this morning, man. This is this was a lot of fun. Uh, 
love your insight on uh, on footy. Um, I will tell you that when you talk to Mick tonight, he might have a new sport that you may not have uh, checked out before that you're going to want to check out. Well, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, Mick, I'm not sure I don't want any surprises for Mick Aussie. Okay. For well, Mick, Mick, Mick's <laughs> idea of sport is drinking like 24 beers. So, <laughs> well, that this is not that. This is this is one he didn't know about until I mentioned it to him last night. All right. So, so I look forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate it, man. And All again, right, ladies and gents, I look forward to doing it again. My guest has been Gabe Morenci from Sports Grid TV. Gabe, I appreciate it, sir. Thanks very much. All the best. Cheers. All right, Mr. Morenci, it was an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Uh, I've traded a few messages with you. I'm glad we were able to find a time that uh, that worked out well for both of us. Um, appreciate the uh, the the fun stories about Mick Aussie as well. Um, Mick is a uh, you know is is a dear friend, and I know he's been you know an an integral part of what you do, and he's been a great friend to you as well. Just an absolute ripper of a man. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, look out for one another. Check up on your friends. Make sure they're okay. Reach out to them. Take them out for that coffee. Call to make sure that they're they're doing well. Let them know if you need to talk to somebody. Okay, reach out if you need to do so. If you find yourself having any issues of that, that sort of thing. So, ladies and gents, remember you can find everything about my podcast over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. You can subscribe to the mailing list there, so when new episodes come out, they'll be in your inbox immediately after they've been released. If you want to leave a review for the podcast, and if you're enjoying it. I would surely hope you would consider taking a few moments to do that. Uh, you can link right to Apple Podcasts and leave a review there. I think also Spotify or Google, one of the two. But you can also leave a, a review right on the website as well. It allows me to share those with uh, potential listeners and other listeners that, that might get uh, you know, somebody keenly interested in checking out the show themselves. If you want to help out the podcast, you can click on that Buy Me a Coffee button. There's a couple spots there. There's a little yellow button in the bottom left, and then there's a Buy Me a Coffee button on the right-hand side there as well. You can uh, also uh, check out some of the gear in the store page. Uh, and for those of you who had not heard, I am in the process of putting things in place to make a trip to Australia during the footy season in 2024 it's one of the reasons why i'm working this summer to uh to set aside a little bit of money to do that um many of you have been very gracious in uh in reaching out to me when i when i had mentioned that this was going to be happening and i and i I thank each and every one of you Uh, in terms of the timetable for this i'm not exactly sure but if you know somebody at the afl house and you want to have them release the 2024 fixture now that would be really helpful because it would allow me to uh, to do the planning stages. I keep doing these arbitrary, random uh, searches for uh, travel dates to find out what the cost of flights are going to be and that type of thing. But uh, you know, if you'd want to, you want to you know help out the show, you certainly can do that. Um, but if you can get the the fixture early, that'd be great because again, I want to see as many games as I can while I'm there. I want to get out and see local footy as well, visit many of those clubs, hopefully ones that I have had the chance to feature on the podcast or even interview. Um, I'm hoping to make the, the, the trek from the Melbourne Geelong area along the coast to Adelaide. I want to go see a game at the Adelaide Oval if at all possible. Um, you know, we'll see what, what happens with that. Uh, but I have a um, Australian 
tourism book that my sister picked up for me for my birthday that I've begun digging deeply in to see what other kind of stuff do I want to see while I'm there. So, you know, I'm probably, and I'm going I'm to be cautiously optimistic here, this trip, because, you know, to, to, to quote everybody's uh, favorite governor, I'm hoping that someday I'll be able to say, I'll be back. Uh, and make a second trip, but it's probably going to be Victoria and maybe South Australia um, during this trip uh, next year, hoping to come back and, and, and visit other areas as well. I kind of got in my mind right now that I would, you know, I thought, wouldn't it be awesome to make that, that trip, that loop all the way around the continent, driving all the way around the country just to see what's there? Now, I don't know if I'll ever do that. It certainly won't happen until after I'm retired from teaching. Uh, but that's something that may never happen. But uh, it's something I put in the back of my mind. But again, folks, uh, if you've got an idea for a guest for a podcast, remember, I love being able to share people's stories. Please reach out. You know, Send me an email at yankonthefootygmail.com. Reach out to me on Messenger on Facebook. You can find my name, Craig Wessels, or Yank on the Footy Podcast over there. You can find me on Twitter at Yank underscore on. My DMs are open, so by all means, reach out. Um, you can find me on Instagram as well and on LinkedIn. Just look for Craig Wessels over there on LinkedIn as well, folks. I appreciate all of you who've checked out the podcast. I, I'm, I know I'm a small fish in a big lake. Okay, I understand that. I, I, I found my niche yeah, I love previewing the games. I love to, I love reviewing the games when I get the chance to do so. Um, this year has been a little difficult with my work schedule. Uh, but uh, I love being able to talk with all of you as well because I love to tell your stories. And that's one of the things that, that I, I think that the podcast does a, a fairly decent job at. And I want to tell your story as well because very soon I'm going to uh, start recording additional episodes that I did like I did last year for the uh, my most memorable game and I'm gonna you know hopefully get some of you uh, back on again or get you on here again to talk about that game that you're never gonna forget and again if you've got a great idea for a guest I do hope you'll uh, you'll share that information with me and ladies and gentlemen I appreciate the kind words I hope you'll share the podcast and as always as always and Connor Rosie showed us how it's done this weekend May your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 276 of A Yank on the Footy. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. Please consider sharing the podcast. It grows with your help, and I thank you for that. If you've done so, that's great. I hope you know, hope you'd share it out on your socials. Tell your friends about it. You know, share a link to an episode, you know, via text message, something like that. It'd be a huge help to the podcast. Maybe your favorite episode.